Hi, I'm Edward Sree, and welcome to All Things Catholic, where real faith meets real life. Most of us did not grow up with a specific training in the virtues. At a young age, we learned about the alphabet and the multiplication table. When we got older, we learned about more complex math and science and the social sciences, and many of us went off to college and we got training so that we can get a job. We got training and skills, we got information, but we didn't learn what matters most in life, the art of living life well. You see, there's a grand tradition of the virtues that has existed for over 2,000 years from pre-Christian great thinkers like Plato and Aristotle and Cicero and, and then to Augustine, the great Catholic bishop, and to St. Thomas Aquinas, the doctor of the church. There's a grand vision for the art of living life well. It's called the virtues, the virtues we need so that we can live friendship well, we can live in community together well, that we can build strong marriages and family lives. You know, we got training. So many people get training to, to run businesses, to build skyscrapers, to build rockets, but we don't know how to build the most basic things in life, like friendship, like marriage, like family. Most of us didn't get that kind of systematic training in the virtues, what a virtue is, how the virtues all work together, what are the vices that undermine virtue, how do we grow in virtue and overcome our weaknesses? What can we do now? I bet you're like me. You want to learn virtue more and more, don't you? You want to grow in virtue, not just for yourselves, but you want to pass on virtue to others. For those of us that are married and we have children, don't you want to give your children this great tradition of the virtues? But how can we do that? If How do I pass on what I maybe didn't get growing up? I want to talk in this episode about how we grow in virtue. I'm thinking about this first and foremost for ourselves because we need to be men and women that are consistently persevering in growth in virtue. We're not remaining at the status quo. We're not just being stagnant in our Christian life. No, we're growing in virtue. How do we grow in virtue? The church offers three practical ways for us to grow in virtue. And then how do we pass those three ways on to our kids and to those we love? That's what we're going to look at in this week's episode of All Things Catholic. So welcome to the podcast. I am your host, Edward Sri, and I want to give a warm welcome to any new listeners there. I got to tell you all, I had an amazing experience this last week. It was so exciting. For the first time since last February, I was able to go fly somewhere in person and deliver a parish talk to real life people in front of me. It was amazing. You know, I've been doing an, uh, a lot of teaching for focus and private gatherings. I've been uh, leading some Bible studies in small group settings. I've been uh, able to do some retreats for the Missionaries of Charity Sisters. So I've been doing some teaching, but this was the first time to do like a, a public event at a parish again. Uh, so I, I flew out to Illinois to a large parish. I got to do some training for some of their, their, their core leaders, their lay leaders. I got to do a, a, an event in the evening though, for the whole parish. Uh, and they streamed it, but 150 people were there live, 150 people in this large parish. They were all able to be socially distant. They all had their masks on and it was so awesome to just present in front of a live audience again. Uh, it was a little strange. I have to be honest because I would be presenting and I couldn't read their faces because they all had masks masks on so I couldn't tell. Do they like my talk? Are they tracking? But I I, I noticed they were laughing at my jokes. So I, I think they were they were hanging in there. So it was awesome. I particularly was so grateful meeting the these 50 lay people that were being commissioned 
as missionary disciples in their parish. These are 50 people that have been going through some, some systematic training. There's some focused missionaries that serve at this parish. There's some focused alumni that were doing all this wonderful training for several weeks on things like how to share the gospel, how to evangelize, how to give a testimony, and uh, how to lead small groups in a dynamic way, and how do you help people grow in prayer? How do you teach them like student? It was, they've gone through a great systematic training, and I was blessed to just come at the, the final end of it and they were all commissioned. And you saw that this was a parish truly committed to evangelization. Even amid all that's been going on with COVID and everything, they've continued to still do things safely and in small groups, but it's multiplying. I mean, it's really incredible to see just the impact when a parish dedicates itself to missionary discipleship, not just running programs, but really training lay people to go lead others to train them to go lead others and then train them to go lead others in multiple generations. I actually got to meet one woman who started a small group and she was training some, uh, a group of women. And one of them had started a group of her own already. And, and that woman then already started a group of her own and we're reaching four different women that were in charge of all these different ministries, like baptism ministry, the mom's ministry, the welcome ministry. And it was beautiful to see in just about a year and a half's time of all this training, you saw one woman having impact on hundreds of people's lives in this parish. Would that every parish adopt this model of missionary discipleship? It was awesome. So I'm so grateful to have been with them this last week. Big quick shout out to the parents at St. Rose of Lima and St. Albert the Great Parish in Reno, Nevada. I was able to do an online event with them, the moms group in Roswell, Georgia, the men's group in Mound City, Kansas, and the military couples in Florida, doing some virtual small group events for them this week as well. But let's go back to our topic of virtue. I want to talk about those three things that we can do to grow in virtue, no matter how old we are, whether we're 18 or we're 80, and we want to play catch up. We want to learn about the virtues. We want to grow in virtue. There are three things that the catechism of the Catholic church identifies as ways we grow in virtue. The first one is we have to educate ourselves in the virtues. Catechism 1810, we have to educate ourselves in the virtues. We have to know about the virtues. If I don't really know the standard I'm aiming for, I'm never going to hit it, right? If I, if I don't have a target, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to miss every time. <laughs> I need to know what I'm aiming for in life. I need to know the virtues. I'm going to tell a story. When I first started teaching on the virtues at Benedictine College, I used to be a professor there many years ago, uh, I was asked to teach the moral theology class. And I spent the summer reading St. Thomas Aquinas and his treatment on the virtues. And that was, you know, several hundred pages. It was thick reading, really intense, but it was mostly intense because it was spiritually intense. It was personally challenging. It was beautiful what I was reading. I was so inspired, but it was like an examination of conscience. As I was reading through, I just saw, this is the standard of virtue. This is what generosity really is. This is what kindness really is. This is what uh, chastity, purity really is. And this is what courage and, and, and perseverance really is. And I just saw, wow, I fall short in so many ways. And, but it inspired me to want to live the virtuous life even more. And so I'd read Aquinas before, but man, that, that, that process of going through line by line and reading this whole treatise on the virtues was, was a great inspiration. Now, I'm not saying you have to go read Aquinas. If you can, that'd be awesome. Go read him. <laughs> uh, but I think you need to do something. I think all of us should regularly be doing something to form our minds with the faith and specifically with virtue. You know, you could do some basic things like the Bible and the catechism, just reading Jesus's life and meditating on Jesus 
you're going to watch and see his virtue in action. And you can pray that you imitate him evermore. That would be a wonderful thing to just read the Bible. You can read uh, the Catechism of the Catholic Church has a number of sections related to the virtues and the moral life. That would be a wonderful thing. There are many good books that you could read out there. Uh, I recommend one by Stephen Jensen called Living the Good Life, published by Catholic University Press. Uh, Another one that's even more accessible, you're looking for something a little easier to read, uh, check out uh, Donald DeMarco, his book, The Heart of Virtue, published by Ignatius. Ignatius Press, a wonderful, easy to read little book on the virtue using stories from film, from literature, from the saints, from historical figures, uh, a great way to kind of just introduce the virtues to us. Uh, I've written a number of articles on the virtues, and I'll, I'll post some of those in the show notes, and you're free to take a look at those. You can just go to my website. They're on there as well. Uh, but beyond that, let me I, I want to focus on two great things, two other things we can do to really educate ourselves in the virtues, that first step the catechism describes. If I don't know what the virtues are, I'm not going to realize how much I'm falling short. (laughs) If I don't see the the standard of what virtue really is, what is generosity really? (laughs) Uh, What is patience really? If I don't really know what that is and I don't see the, the vices that undermine those things, I'm not going to be able to examine my own conscience well because I'll probably overestimate my character and my virtue. Uh, I'm going to tell you two things that will really help here. First, the lives of the saints. Let's fill our minds with the lives of the saints. You can read books about virtues, articles, and blogs about virtues, but I think one of the best ways we learn about virtue is to see it lived in concrete examples in the saints. You know, I think about if you read about a certain saint that forgives someone and you see their great mercy and inspires us to say, maybe I should let go of that grudge. I need to forgive that person in my life. When we see a saint radically entrust himself or herself to God, it, it makes us grow in greater confidence in God's providence and his care for our lives. I've, if those saints can, martyrs can do it, I can do it too. Uh, when you read a story like St. Therese of Lisieux, who went out of her way to spend time with people that had rough personalities, people that were very difficult to deal with, most of us just run away from those kinds of people. We, we don't like those people in the office. We don't like those people in our community. We, but Therese actually went to them. She would be kind to them and be joyful and cheerful to them because she saw that those people that had these rough personalities, they were deeply wounded people. They didn't receive much love. As they were growing up, they were hurt people and they, they needed love. They needed someone to show tenderness and compassion for them. And she saw beyond their difficult personalities and went out of her way to love. Well, that can inspire me to go, wow, okay, there's someone in the office or you know, someone in the community that's a little rough to be with, but I, I want to actually go out of my way and, and love them. The saints can inspire us in so many ways. So uh, filling our minds with the lives of the saints is so much better than filling our minds with the latest sports highlights or the latest meme trending on social media or What's the latest going on in the news and in the politics? You know, I can get so engrossed with what's happening in the political world, whether it's in the world of Washington or the political world in Rome, in the church. And I could just get so engrossed in that. That's not going to really help me. That's not necessarily going to help me be a better person. That's not going to help me grow in virtue. 
It's just distracting me from looking at the things I can actually change. I can't change what's going on on the football field or the soccer field. I can't change what's going on in Washington or in Rome, but I can change the one area God does give me responsibility over, and that's my own soul. That's my own character development. So we should ask ourselves, how much time do I actually spend filling my mind with the lives of the saints? How much time do I spend with the Bible or in prayer compared to how much time I spend on social media and all these other things? You know, it, it really is, it's not just a distraction. It's actually keeping me, uh, keeping me from growing in virtue. And so let's fill our minds with the lives of the saints. Think about it. You know, when we fill our, our minds with the stories of the saints, that it, it becomes a part of us. It fills our memory so that when we face opportunities, when we're called to forgive, when we face opportunities, when we're called to trust, when we face certain trials, when we face difficulties in life, what's going to be more helpful? Watching the latest highlight from Manchester United or the lives of the saints? What's going to be more helpful? The latest, you know, political pundit, you know, expounding upon their thoughts on the American election or reading something from St. Therese. Don't get me wrong. Nothing wrong with being aware of what's going on, you know, in your favorite hobbies. That's fine. But ask yourself in proportion, am I really forming my mind with the lives of the saints? Because that's what I will draw upon. That's what's in my memory. That's what's going to help me in those difficult moments. Another thing we can do to really educate ourselves in the virtues is community. We want a virtuous community. We want to look for friends that are running after the same noble ideals. So important that we get time with other men and women that are growing in virtue, especially those that are a few steps ahead in life. I can't tell you how important that is to look ahead. Look at people that maybe, you know, okay, you're single, find some people that are married. Uh, you're married. Find some people that already have kids. You, you already have some young kids. Find people that have a lot of kids or older kids. Always look for people that are f- a few steps ahead in life, in marriage, in virtue, in holiness, in prayer, because that's what's going to help us in life. You know, I can remember when I was single uh, in, in my graduate program, I, I spent a lot of time with these great Catholic families and they were at the time, young couples with young children. And, and I just watched the way they interacted. I just was there. I'd offered to babysit. I just wanted to be around these great Catholic families because I knew one day I was going to have a Catholic family of my own. And, and, and just their, their way of life, their example, just left such an impression on me. To this day, I still remember certain things that these parents did. And I, I watched the way that they, they, how they treated each other. I watched the way that they disciplined their kids. And I may be in a situation today and I'll go, I remember that one parent and they handled it this way. And I, And I draw upon that. You see, having good friends that are a couple steps ahead in life, they're almost like mentors for us. They're like a warm fire on a cold night. Here in Colorado, if you go camping up in the mountains, it it could be 95 degrees and hot during the day, but at night, wow, it gets really cold. It could be like down in the 30s even. And and, and if you're out in, in, in the mountains and it's dark and you can't see anything, But when you get by the fire, you can see, you can see other people's faces again. When you get around the fire, the fire warms you. That's what a good friend that's a couple of steps ahead in life is like. They help you to see better. They help you to see what matters most. They help you to see the direction we really want to go in life through their example. And, and, and they also warm us with the love of Christ and their virtue. And so their, their virtuous way of living kind of just starts to inspire us, challenge us, rub off on us, if you will. These are some practical ways that we can educate ourselves in the virtues. That's step one, Catechism 1810. So think about the lives of the saints. Think about finding friends that are a couple steps ahead in life. Second 
way the Catholic Church calls us to grow in virtue is to practice. Uh, The Catechism of the Catholic Church tells us that it's only through deliberate acts and perseverance that we really grow in virtue. We have to be intentional. The Catechism says the removal of an ingrained disposition to sin requires much effort and self-denial until the contrary virtue is acquired. So we have to be intentional. We have to persevere. It's not going to be easy. Uh, We have to put much effort into this. So what does this look like, putting virtue into practice? How do I grow in virtue if I just got this weakness? Well, sometimes we just think, you know, overcoming weakness is just about resisting our weaknesses, resisting our sins. But I would suggest the approach of many saints and spiritual writers talk about how we need to proactively practice the virtue that opposes the vices we tend to fall in. So I want to, I want to, I want to make it a commitment every day or maybe for a whole week or two weeks or a month. Maybe we have Advent coming up. It's a great time to, to root out vices and grow in virtue. Think about where, what your weaknesses are. Maybe you talk a lot. Maybe you tend to always want to be the first one to speak or dominate conversation. Well, what you want to do then is maybe say this Advent, I'm going to, I'm going to actually make it a point to let other people speak first. And if no one's speaking, I might say, well, what do you think? As opposed to giving my opinion first. That's just a small little thing, but you're practicing self-denial. You're strengthening your will in that. And growing in that virtue and, and overcoming your temptation to talk too much is going to actually strengthen your will to go after other temptations. So just one little thing doesn't, doesn't just help you in that area. It helps you in other temptations as well. Maybe you like to have your own way. You really always like, you know, to do what you want, to go to the restaurant you want, to watch the show you want, you know, whatever it is. And, and maybe you just say, okay, this Advent, I'm going to give in to other people's preferences. So I would rather watch that movie with my family, but they all want to watch this one. Okay, I'm going to let them choose what we do. I'm practicing self-denial. Or maybe I tend to get discouraged easily. When things don't go well, I can get really sad and disheartened and worried. And when that happens, I'm just going to tell myself, I'm going to say a prayer. Every time I notice myself doing that, I'll say a prayer. I'll quote a scripture verse or I'll quote uh, the line from the Divine Mercy Chaplet. Jesus, I trust in you. Whatever it is, I, I, I bring prayer right there into my discouragement. Uh, maybe I like to be right. I always like to be right. And I, I hate it when I'm wrong. Well, I, I'm going to go out of my way and acknowledge other people when they're right. Oh, that was a great idea. Oh, I think you're right. And practice that praising others for being right instead of my idea having always to go through and be the right one. These are all just little things we can do is to go practice the virtue that is going to directly counter the particular weakness, the vice that I tend to struggle with. You know, another thing uh, about virtue, a third thing. So we talked about, we have to educate ourselves in the virtues. We have to practice the virtues uh, through deliberate, intentional effort, going after our weaknesses. But the third key thing we need to do, the catechism tells us in 1811, we need to rely on God's grace. You see, no matter how hard we try, no matter how much we study the virtues, learn about the virtues, fill our minds with the saints, no matter how much we put effort in, develop a plan and try to overcome our weaknesses, we're still going to fall short because we're weak. We have original sin. We need God's grace to help us in the end. We have to rely on God to help us overcome our weaknesses. We have to rely on his grace The Catechism says it's not easy for man wounded by sin to maintain moral balance. Christ's gift of salvation offers us the grace necessary to persevere in pursuit of virtue. I need to do everything I can on my end. I need to form my mind with the virtues, educate myself. I need to 
put an intentional plan to go after virtue in my life, to root out the weaknesses and sins. But in the end, that's only going to get me so far. I need to not rely on myself. I need to learn to rely on God's grace. How do I do that practically? Prayer, one, one very practical thing. I need to pray and I need to pray every day. And every day I should have some kind of prayer. If I'm going after something, say in Advent, again, these seasons like Advent and Lent are just great seasons to go after something. Pick that weakness that you want to really, really root out in your life and go after it. Make your commitment for the Advent. That's the little gift you're giving to baby Jesus. That's the straw you're putting in his manger. You're going to really go after that weakness this Advent. Well, when that happens, tell, tell the Lord, say, Jesus, this is going to be hard for me. I'm going to forget. I'm worried I'm going to make a mistake here, but I want to grow in this virtue. I want to root out this sin. Help me talk to Jesus every day. Maybe say like an extra Hail Mary or a Memorari or a decade of the rosary for this intention. Help me, Jesus, to grow in this virtue. Fall on your knees and beg him. Jesus, I've been struggling with this weakness. I know this is really hard for me. I need your help. The father just can't resist us when we're humble before him and we go before him in prayer. He'll send his grace to help us. Uh, Also go to the sacraments, of course. You know, take this to confession, your weakness, bring it to confession, not just to be forgiven, but to receive the grace. Remember, that's this third point. We have to rely on grace. Well, there's grace in the sacrament of confession that, that helps us to overcome our sins. So when we confess them, there's a grace that's there available in the sacrament that helps us to draw upon that grace to, to, to go after those sins. And most of all, go receive the Eucharist. Receive him more often than, than just on Sunday, if you can. Receive his very body and blood, his very life into your soul. Go meet Jesus. Sit with him in front of the tabernacle. Sit with him in adoration, if you can. By being in his presence, his way of life starts to kind of come on to us. It's kind of like spiritual sun tanning. You know, if you're out in the sun on a beach and your, your skin just changes color from the sun. Well, when you're in the presence of the Holy Son of God... <laughs> and you're, you're resting in his presence, he starts to change not your skin, but your heart. That's how we can rely on grace, through prayer, through confession, and especially through the Eucharist, either Holy Communion, receiving the Eucharist more often, or spending more time with him in the Blessed Sacrament. So in summary, those are the three things we need to do. The Catechism tells us to grow in virtue, educate ourselves in the virtues so we know what to run after, put the virtues into practice, do the best we can to, to, to practice the virtues that overcome the weaknesses, the vices that we have, and most of all, learn to rely on God's grace evermore. Thanks so much for listening, my friends. If you have any questions, you can always reach out to me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and you can always contact me on my website, edwards3.com. That's edwardsri.com. 